Section 25, Chapter 15 of The Life and Adventures of Kit Carson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. The Life and Adventures of Kit Carson by DeWitt C. Peters. Section 25, Chapter 15, Part 2. Besides the many dangers to his flock which a person runs the risk of, both from the numerous accidents to which it is liable, and the unwelcome visits of the Indians when thus travelling, there are others which may occasionally happen to his own person. He may be, while standing guard, suddenly attacked and bitten by a mad wolf. On this event occurring he is almost certain to be seized with that terrible, and we might as well add incurable, disease hydrophobia which renders him a most pitiful object to behold from a human being so recently respected and beloved by his companions a person thus unfortunate is suddenly changed into an object most dreaded and detested a party of mexicans in charge of a large herd of sheep a few years since were bound to california one night a large ferocious wolf entered the camp and bit a man in the leg symptoms of hydrophobia very soon set in and in a short time the victim was a confirmed case of the disease his comrades had no proper means of taking care of and transporting him as they were hundreds of miles from the nearest house they were superstitious and believed that all would die if they kept the man's company any longer accordingly they drove a stake in the ground to which they inhumanly secured him and after depositing a small allowance of provisions nearby they left him to die human bones were afterwards found near the identical spot where it was said this unfortunate incident happened which afforded strong circumstantial evidence that the man had eked out a miserable existence soon after he was deserted by his so-called friends and also that the truth of this story rested upon strong probability when the americans first obtained possession of new mexico sheep could be bought at the rate of twenty-five cents per head the reason of this was the want of a market and the ease with which they were raised cheapness of labor also assisted in reducing their value the wool of these sheep was rather coarse resembling hair more than wool the only use in which it was employed was for manufacturing blankets rough carpet and in filling mattresses the valley of the rio grande is wonderful as a sheep-growing country the mountain districts also cannot be excelled in this respect their fitness for grazing is best exemplified by their abounding in the famous rocky mountain sheep in many respects this animal resembles the chamois they live on the tops of the highest peaks eat the tenderest grass and produce the finest flavored mutton in the world one of their heads with the horns often weighs one hundred pounds to shoot them requires all of an experienced hunter's skill and when he has brought down one of these trophies he feels he has done more than if he had killed ten deer the sight of one of these mountain sheep as perched on a high rocky peak is beautiful the hostile indians are the main drawback in new mexico to the successful raising of sheep the usual modus operandi employed by mexican herders who cannot be surpassed in their vocation to which they appear to take intuitively although many of them serve an apprenticeship at it which begins with early life and ends only by death 
is to send a youth who leads a goat in advance of the flock from some strange and unaccountable reason the sheep will follow after him even to the crossing of rivers whose currents are deep and swift the shepherds with their dogs to assist them when necessary allow the herd to scatter over a space varying in its size but always allowing sufficient area so that the animals can move on at their ease and at the same time be able to feed the danger above all others that is to be apprehended and guarded against while thus travelling is crowding for in this manner when journeying through deep gorges in the mountains and over the precipitous banks of rivers hundreds of sheep can be and not unfrequently are smothered when this crowding commences it is next to impossible to arrest it a sort of panic prevails over the entire herd and they rush on one on top of another until a mass of dead and dying is thus piled up and a barrier is made or else until as most frequently happens a bridge of carcasses is formed over which the survivors pass in safety the indians who inhabit the country on the various routes to california have a strong predilection for mutton which is a fact to bear in mind when migrating with this sort of property such accidents as having a few sheep bitten by rattlesnakes and also a certain percentage becoming footsore and breaking down from fatigue are common to every herd that crosses the rocky mountains economy in living is the great fundamental principle among the lower classes of the mexicans therefore when a sheep is going to die from fatigue or any simple disease natural death is anticipated by the herders with the aid of a hunting knife and the meat being dressed and cooked is unhesitatingly eaten by them next to the mexican shepherd his dog although he is not generally a handsome animal is found to be ever faithful in guarding the flocks the greatest enemy to the herds is the wolf and in keeping them at bay and preventing their inroads by night the dog is capable of performing valuable service hence no band of sheep should cross the plains and mountains without a full complement of them it was at one of the frontier towns of california that kit carson disposed of his flock there having heard of the rapid and marvelous growth of san francisco he made up his mind to verify these reports with his own eyes for he was well acquainted with its ancient aspect san francisco had since the year eighteen forty eight to grow under the impulse of the gold fever kit carson remembered it a spanish settlement as it existed in eighteen forty five six seven then containing not over two hundred inhabitants in eighteen forty seven the first gold discovery was made at sutter's fort in two months thereafter about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in gold dust were carried into the town the next two months six hundred thousand dollars more in february eighteen forty nine the population of the town was two thousand in the six months following it increased to five thousand in the early part of the year eighteen fifty the population had increased to nearly twenty thousand in eighteen fifty two according to the census it was thirty four thousand eight hundred and seventy the first settlement made at san francisco was commenced in the year seventeen seventy six the place was then called herba buena or good herb from the fact that an herb of that name which was supposed to have great medicinal value grew in rich luxuriance over the surrounding country the houses were at first built of adobes or sun-dried bricks it is now one of the most important cities on the western continent 
as kit carson neared this great emporium of california possessed of some of the details of its astonishing growth and remembering it as it existed when its inhabitants could be easily counted in an hour he was perfectly astonished to behold the great changes which a few short years had produced had it not been for the immovable landmarks about the city and the familiar scenery of the bay he would have been entirely at a loss in considering that this was the spot called san francisco which he had visited in former years this metropolis however like all others presented few attractions to kit carson's vision further than its objects of curiosity which were a source of interest and amusement to him when he had finished sight-seeing he was ready and anxious to be on his way to new mexico previous to his setting out he went on business to sacramento city while there he received a message from his friend and partner maxwell asking him to wait until the latter could come in with a herd of sheep from carson river when they would join forces and return home together kit carson's stay in california was shortened by the annoyance as he considered it of being made a lion his society was constantly courted by men whom he had never seen he was passed free on steamboats and to all places of public amusement and in fact the people in acknowledging his worth treated him with marked distinction he was pointed out wherever he went as a man who had done the state great service this reward of his merit was indeed a just tribute to his worth kit felt himself highly honored and favored but he did not expect or wish such attention he felt himself to be a humble individual who had honestly and faithfully performed his duty as it had been assigned to him and his modesty would not allow him to ask or be willing to receive any other than the unexpressed opinion of the people there were some men there always are such persons in every community who sought his company expecting to hear him boast of his deeds and proclaim himself a hero such as had never before existed but what must have been their surprise on seeing his unassuming bearing his disregard of notoriety and his anxiety to escape that popularity which they themselves would have highly prized tired by the anxiety and hard work of bringing his property over a long and dangerous journey to a good market he had looked for rest and retirement but instead he was everywhere sought out and made conspicuous and here we pause to speak of the noble qualities of moral character and good judgment evinced by kit carson on this occasion of his eventful life he found himself surrounded with the choice spirits of the new el dorado his name a prestige of strength and position and his society courted by everybody the siren voice of pleasure failed not to speak in his ear her most flattering invitations good fellowship took him incessantly by the hand desiring to lead him into the paths of dissipation but the gay vortex with all its brilliancy had no attractions for him the wine-cup with its sparkling arguments failed to convince his calm earnestness of character that his simple habits of life needed remodelling to the storm however he was exposed but like a good ship during the gale he weathered the fierce blast and finally took his departure from the new city of a day with his character untarnished but nevertheless leaving behind him many golden opinions with a hurried farewell and many kind remembrances of the good people of california he left their great city to return to a home where he was certain to find a life better suited to his tastes 
money-getting had no charms for him had he chosen to accept some of the offers made him while then in san francisco he could easily have amassed an immense fortune but his home had now the greater allurements and a legitimate business gave him the certainty of comfort the power merely which wealth assumes kit carson never has desired to grasp the time had nearly arrived for the appearance of maxwell he finally joined kit carson when the two immediately engaged in the very profitable work of the disposing of their sheep the market proved to be quite active so much so that they disposed of their entire flock at high cash values without the least difficulty the speculation thus proved to be highly satisfactory to all concerned in a monetary point of view the adventure proved to be the most fortunate in which kit carson had been engaged heretofore money had been a second consideration with kit carson he had directed his energies and attention to almost everything or at least to many things besides its accumulation the sum which he had received for the important services rendered both to government officers and private individuals had been expended on the wants of his family and on his suffering friends and countrymen a trifling amount had always sufficed to satisfy his own immediate desires the calls upon his purse at the end of each year had left therefore but little which he could call his own the snug sum now at his disposal kit carson determined to lay by and serving as a nucleus around it he has since accumulated enough amply to supply those comforts which will tend in his old age to make him happy maxwell and carson decided to return to their homes by the southern route which runs through the country on and adjacent to the rio gila maxwell determined to take a steamer down the coast as far as los angeles distant from san francisco about three hundred and fifty miles and used his best endeavors to persuade his friend kit carson to accompany him in this however he failed already one cruise over a part of the ocean route which maxwell contemplated making had been made by kit carson in eighteen forty six and which had so sickened him of sea life that he resolved never to travel on salt water again while it was in his power to obtain a mule to assist him in journeying by land maxwell by his water conveyance reached los angeles fifteen days in advance of kit carson and employed himself in making the necessary preparations for their trip to new mexico when kit rejoined his companion everything was in readiness for them to proceed on their route and in a day or so afterwards they started everything favored them until they reached a village belonging to some pimo indians and located on the rio gila here the grass became suddenly very scarce they learned from these indians that the season had been unusually dry and that if they attempted to proceed on the regular trail they would do so at the risk of losing their animals by starvation while undecided as to which was the best course to pursue kit carson informed the party that he would guide them over a new route which though difficult and rough to travel he felt confident would afford sufficient forage to answer all their purposes at once the men agreed to be governed by their experienced friends advice and having signified to them their willingness to do so they resumed their march following up the rio gila until they came to the mouth of the san pedro when they struck out out the latter for three days and then parted with it to risk the chances of reaching at the end of each day the small mountain creeks that lay on their contemplated route 
after travelling in as direct a course as the nature of the country would admit they arrived seasonably at the copper mines of new mexico while pursuing this experimental journey kit carson who was well acquainted with the general outline of the country but was not equally conversant with it in reference to the certainty of finding eligible camping sites where wood water and grass presented themselves in abundance was frequently made the subject of a tantalizing joke by the men of the party occasionally his memory would not solve the question what is the next course he had neither map chart nor compass and depended entirely upon old landmarks occasionally the resemblance of different mountains one to another would serve to embarrass him for a time he would become doubtful as to the exact course to pursue at such moments the mischievous dispositions of the men would get the better of their judgment and they would exert their lungs in shouting to him as he spurred his riding animal to keep out of the sound of their raillery he was not always successful in this and occasionally a few sentences reached him like the following hurrah i say are you the famous kit carson who knows this country so well are you really a good pilot or are you lost these and similar expressions saluted kit's ear a language to which he had not been heretofore accustomed as some impediment such as a fallen tree a rock a swamp or a creek stayed for a brief period his progress thus allowing the party to approach within speaking distance the remarks might have temporarily chafed his spirit but he had too much good sense to allow his friends to see that they had gained any advantage over him he rode boldly on and answered their raillery with silence he knew however very well that his turn would come and when he had brought them in safety to a spot with which all were familiar he turned the tables on them by retorting to their questions in a playful manner which made their future interpretation of his occasional doubts less sweeping in its conclusions kit succeeded in guiding the party safely to the copper mines from whence their route was plain from the copper mines the party travelled through to the rio del norte this river is eighteen hundred miles in length and forms the boundary line between texas and mexico it takes its rise in the rocky mountains and empties into the gulf of mexico it is navigable for small steamers sloops and schooners for a distance of about four hundred and fifty miles from its mouth about nine hundred miles from its mouth there is a spot where the river is only about three or four feet deep here the apache and comanche indians always cross when in their depredatory tramps into mexico leaving the rio grande or del norte the party pursued their homeward route through the settlements of the rio abajo and santa fe and finally reached house on the twenty-third day of december eighteen fifty three soon the party entered the territory of new mexico kit carson accidentally met the mormon delegate to congress that person informed kit carson that the appointment of an indian agent had been conferred upon him on learning this piece of intelligence kit was much elated he felt that the office was perfectly suited to his tastes and he was honestly impressed with the belief that he was capable of performing the duties of this office and of accomplishing much good his happiness and pride were heightened by thinking that finally his services had met the approbation of his government the substantial proof of which was the offering to him of an important trust without solicitation on his part immediately on arriving at taos he 
wrote an answer to the authorities at washington in which he expressed his willingness to serve the government and the pleasure he felt in accepting the office at the same time he sent the necessary bond required of persons who hold this appointment hardly had kit carson been ushered into his new duties before the hikaria apaches who formed one of the tribes of his agency began to show new signs of dissatisfaction by committing various kinds of outrages on the property and lives of the citizens of the northern part of new mexico to arrest them in their career and make them amenable for the crimes which they had already committed lieutenant bell of the second regiment of the united states dragoons was sent in quest of them he found them on the red river and at once commenced operations against them at first these red men were equally ready to break a lance in combat with their foes but after the soldiers had made two charges and penetrated through and through their ranks they were although in superior numbers glad to give up the mastership of the field and run away in this fight the apaches lost by his being killed one of their great chiefs besides many warriors on the side of the soldiers two men were killed and several seriously wounded a short time after the news of the skirmish had reached taos kit carson found it necessary in order to attend to some official business to proceed to santa fe but just as he was on the point of setting out he was informed that a large party of these hikaria apaches had recently arrived at a place in the mountains only about twenty miles from taos and there were encamped with the view of pacifying them if it was possible kit carson immediately posted thither and with no small degree of peril attending his movements for he went unattended and among indians who were at the time very bitter against the whites he confronted their head men in their den he needed no introduction for during many years he had been well known to them therefore he proceeded at once to business after passing through the usual indian salutations he commenced by haranguing them in a style that most pleases their fancy thereby fixing their attention on what he was saying among other things he forewarned them that the course they were pursuing if persisted in would prove the cause of their being exterminated as their great father the president had at his disposal thousands of soldiers to replace those who fell in battle while when their warriors were killed they could not immediately place others in their moccasins when a warrior was killed they were compelled to wait until their children grew up he added that the great father loved his red children and through him whose servant he was he wished to give them annuities and otherwise aid them in living at peace these indians on learning that kit carson was their agent expressed great pleasure and at his earnest solicitation came forward and professed friendship so little reliance however was to be placed in this tribe that kit carson doubted their sincerity although he exacted every pledge which he thought would in the least tend to bind them to their promises he feared they would not prove true having finished his business kit bent his way to santa fe but he had not more than reached there before he heard that the hikarias had already become tired of the restraints which he had placed upon them and had broken out in open defiance of the authorities from this time onward so thick and fast did their wicked crimes increase that coercive measures became necessary to put them down this finally resulted in as sanguinary a battle being fought between a small band of soldiers and this tribe as was ever recorded 
a rapid sketch of it must suffice to illustrate to the reader what kind of a fight this was and what plucky fellows the apaches are lieutenant j w davidson with a command of sixty men belonging to f and i companies of the first regiment of the united states dragoons was ordered out to seek and act against these red men both the soldiers and their officers were renowned for their bravery and experience in indian mode of warfare hence more than ordinary deeds were expected to be performed by them the result will show that they did not disappoint any reasonable expectation lieutenant davidson marched to the ambuda mountains which range lies between fifteen and twenty miles southwest of taos as he had been informed by good authority that the indians were to be found there on reaching the mountains he soon came upon the savages and found them fully prepared to meet him they had selected their ground with great skill the site which they had chosen was upon a high elevation and at the first glance to get at them appeared to be an impossibility on account of the roughness of the country if the indians had hunted over the whole of the rocky mountains they could not have hit upon a place that offered them so many advantages for the use to which they intended to put it but as the red men had by great labor reached the tops of the crags therefore the soldiers resolved not to be outdone even if they had to be the assaulting party end of section twenty five chapter fifteen part two recording by dion gines salt lake city utah